Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they use on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. And this Saturday morning, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit. A bunch on the NBA. We'll touch on the NFL. Legalized sports betting in Illinois. What's the update? What's happening? How about over at Wrigley Field? That was a big story over the last week that the Cubs are interested and there will be sports betting in some form at Wrigley or won't there? And what about the other sports venues in town? We'll get to all of that. But we had the NBA draft on Thursday night. Bulls got Kobe White. They're thrilled. They're always thrilled with their draft pick. But it sounds like a lot of Bulls fans are actually pretty happy as well. And the Rookie of the Year odds are out. Now you know where you start at the very top. Zion Williamson, minus 250. He's your heavy favorite. And folks, I'll be honest, I thought the number would be higher. I thought he would be a bigger favorite. We'll get to that in just a moment. Here are the other names. Let's stick with the very top names here because you usually don't have to go very deep on the board. I'll explain. Ja Morant is 5-1, to one, your number two pick. How about number three pick, 6-1? to one. Then the odds start to go up a bit. Darius Garland comes in as the fourth favorite at 12-1. to one. DeAndre Hunter, 18-1. to one. Jarrett Culver. Almost got to the Bulls at number seven. He is 25 to one. Don't forget about Michael Porter Jr., 30 to one on the board right now. Cam Reddish out of Duke, 35 to one. There he is, Kobe White, the Bulls pick at number seven overall, their point guard of the future, we believe. Also 35 to one. Same odds as Reddish. And then here's another guy, 35 to one, the big man, the raw talent, Jackson Hayes. And if you go down a little bit, have some name value, and he slipped in the draft, Bobo is 85-1 to as a deep long shot. There are a few things to consider. First off, we don't even know who won this past season's Rookie of the Year. We do know who won, but it isn't even official. If you have a ticket on Luka Doncic, you still can't cash it because it hasn't been announced. I can't stand those postseason awards that they drag out, drag out, drag out, but we're not going to know officially and you won't be able to cash that ticket if you have one until June 24th 
the night of the awards. But we know Luka Doncic is going to be the rookie of the year from this past season. And he was a third overall selection. In three of the last five seasons, the number one pick won. In 2018, Ben Simmons. 2017, major outlier. The Bucks' Malcolm Brogdon, the 36th pick in the draft. 36, Malcolm Brogdon won. 2016, Carl Anthony Towns. 2015, Andrew Wiggins. So again, three of the last five years, it's been the number one pick. And if you decide to branch out a little bit more, let's go to Derrick Rose's rookie season 10 years ago. He was the number one pick. He was the rookie of the year. So six of the last 10 years, the top selection actually won the award. And it had me thinking about this season with Zion Williamson as a minus 250 favorite. When you think about the hype that has gone into this, right? Carl Anthony Towns, when he won, did he have this sort of hype? No. Anthony Davis, big deal. He's going to the Lakers. But when he was coming out, did he have this level of hype that we have with Zion, another big man? No, it wasn't at that level. Kyrie Irving, same deal. Even Derek in this city, did it have the hype nationally that we saw over this past season with Zion Williamson as was building, as was building during the Duke regular season and into the tournament? No, not even close. You have to go back 16 years. The last time I remember hype like this was LeBron James. And these players are few and far between. Uh, Tim Duncan had some hype. Everybody knew he was going to be great, but not that we see with Zion Williamson. Before LeBron, you probably have to go back over a decade over to Shaq. So the reality is Zion Williamson is probably going to win this award if he can make it through the season healthy and have the best year. I've seen some raise the point, oh, wow, look at this position. Usually, No, 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 no. It's not about the position at all. It doesn't even matter. It, the team wins don't even come into account. Sometimes those individual awards, you have to look whether a team's going to have a good season. doesn't really matter. Again, Luka Doncic last season. Position is irrelevant. It simply comes down to the stats, and we knew early in the NBA season that Luka Doncic, as long as he could make it through the year, that he was going to end up walking away with this award. Now, I already told you, I established the fact that I think Zion is winning this award, and minus 250 actually sounds kind of cheap, but not really cheap when you're talking about something that you're going to have to sink money into for so many months out of the year. Probably wouldn't make the bet, even though I think Zion's going to win this. Now, if I were to go somewhere else, I would look at another Dookie. R.J. Barrett at 6-1 to one seems like a good shot. First off, you're playing for the Knicks. Under the bright lights, Madison Square Garden. So that New York media, if you have a great season, they're really going to pump you up. A year ago at this time, he was the number one prospect ahead of Zion Williamson. And he just led the ACC in scoring. In the beginning of the year, there was chatter that R.J. Barrett would go number one and not Zion Williamson. Most are calling this a two- or three-player draft, so I think R.J. Barrett is in a great position to succeed, and he just happened to be in the same draft slot that Luka Doncic went one year ago. Now, since the draft ended, there hasn't been much movement in the NBA futures, and there shouldn't be. The, the real impact players at the very top, and we all knew where those guys were going. It's just now it's all about free agency. What's going to happen in free agency? And you can tell the books out in Vegas are anticipating some moves. 
Your favorite remains the Lakers at 3-1 to one at the Superbook out in Las Vegas. LeBron, Anthony Davis teaming up. They're 3-1 to one out in the West. Now the second favorite is the Milwaukee Bucks at 6-1. to one. A little surprised because it sounds like they might be losing a couple of pieces, but the Bucks want to have an Eastern Conference team there. Next up, two Western Conference clubs. The third favorite is the Clippers at 7-1. to one. This is all Kawhi Leonard speculation. A lot of people believe right now that he's going to L.A. to play for the Clippers, so naturally they're protecting themselves a little bit, making the Clips 7-1. to one. The Rockets 8-1. to one. Don't get this a ton. They impressed me more a couple of years ago, and now it sounds like there's infighting going on. CP3, is he demanding a trade? Is he not? Can he play along with James Harden? Sure, CP3 not worth as much as he once was, but I don't really find the Rockets as a great option here. Now we go back to the East with the fifth favorite, and the Raptors are 10-1. to Again, what's going on with Kawhi? Maybe he ends up staying in Toronto, so the number's not going to get too big. At this point, 12 to 1 teams. I haven't mentioned the Warriors yet. You're not going to have Kevin Durant, and you probably won't have Clay Thompson, but here come the Warriors at 12 to 1. I couldn't imagine placing a bet on the dubs. 12 to 1 as well in the East. It is the Philadelphia 76ers. Maybe they're going to end up making a move. 16 to 1 teams. There are two of them, one in the East, one in the West. The East team, the Boston Celtics, they had all those assets. Now, what do they have? Nobody wants to play for them. It sounds like Al Horford is leaving town, and the Denver Nuggets are at 16 to 1. The really cool thing here is if you're willing to step out and say, I don't think the Lakers are going to win the championship, Anthony Davis's first year in LA teaming up with LeBron. This thing is completely wide open, something we rarely say about the NBA. Now, the funny number here, going the opposite direction, has to be the New York Knicks. At the Westgate, they opened at 16-1 to to win the championship because so many people thought Kevin Durant was going to New York. He's obviously not going to play now this season. Knicks aren't getting him. So they moved the Knicks from 16-1 to all the way down to 50-1. to And after free agency, if they don't land a big fish, that number will obviously increase. The Bulls are 100-1, to and I've been getting the question on Twitter, at Joe0670, Joe, how come the Bulls' number is only 100? Well, you're not going to see those huge 250, 300-to-1 numbers at this point because we don't know what's going to happen in free agency. What if something crazy happens? Kawhi goes to an awful team or a team that isn't expected to win right now. Probably not going to happen, but the books are just protecting themselves a little bit, and we'll see those huge numbers after free agency. Last night on my show, Cody Westerlin joined me. We were talking a lot about Kobe White and what's going on with the Bulls, but of course I had to slip in a question about gambling. A team that's going to take that next step. Milwaukee Bucks, there are some monster numbers, whether you're talking about winning the division, the conference, which they did not do. But if you had that ticket, you're in a nice position to hedge with Toronto. And then also the NBA Finals, that was crazy. A lot of people got that number at triple digits. And Cody's an NBA nut. So I decided to ask him, which team is ready to take that next step? We could be talking about a division, conference, NBA Finals. Whatever you want to do, which team is going to make that monster jump next season? 
I don't think to the extent of the Bucks last year because they don't have a superstar like this, but I love what the Hawks are doing. And they're still really young with Trey Young, obviously going to be a second-year point guard now. But DeAndre Hunter, they traded up to get him. He can help right away. So if you're looking for a team like to go over on wins, if you're looking for a team that could win a playoff series you don't expect, like get in the playoffs and then win one, I wouldn't be shocked the Atlanta Hawks because they're well-coached, well-run from top to bottom. Easier conference. Yep, and look, the East is, depending on what happens with Kawhi, yeah, right. if he goes to the Clippers, the East is going to be a little bit more wide open where the Bucks are probably the prohibitive favorites, and then it's a toss-up because we see what's going on in Boston, a lot of disarray there, and we're uncertain what uh, Philly's going to do, too, with its big free agents in Butler and Tobias Harris. The Atlanta Hawks, Cody tells you. Now, there are a couple of places that have already put up the win totals. I wouldn't do it if I was running a book. I'd wait for free agency, but some are already available Uh, fighting for every dollar out there if people want to put their money down super early. Now, what I've seen for the Atlanta Hawks is 32-and-a-half. They had 29 wins last season, so that certainly does make some sense. We have a starting lineup, which will be, as of right now, Trey Young, Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, and Dwayne Dedman. So, yeah, I could certainly see that. You're just looking for three more wins compared to last season. Now, also, for the Futures, you're only going to find championship odds. They don't have the conference out, so obviously they don't have the division out. But something I wasn't even thinking about when I was talking to Cody about this was that Southeast division. If Atlanta's going to take a big step forward, and again, the odds are not out, why can't they win that Southeast division? NBA, we usually don't pay a whole lot of attention to the divisions, but sometimes there is that big opportunity there for the teams that you believe are going to have a nice regular season. Only one team made the playoffs out of the Southeast last season, Orlando, the seventh seed. The other teams there, Charlotte, Miami, and Washington. If the Hawks are going to take that step, they could certainly win that division. So looking forward to seeing what those odds are. That division certainly seems up for grabs, but we'll have to wait through free agency. Now let's switch gears a little bit over to the football side of things. I mentioned I'm always looking out for you guys. Try to squeeze a couple of betting questions that I could explain in detail a little bit here on Early Odds. Chris Sims is a fantastic NFL analyst. I know he's been doing college football for years with Notre Dame. He's on every morning pro football talk. I had him on. We were talking a lot about different quarterbacks throughout the league So I had to throw that worst-to-first question at him because it's something we see every single season. The Bears here a year ago, if you had them winning the NFC North, you ended up cleaning up. If you had them going over the win total, you cleaned up for all the Bears fans. Unfortunately, that's where it pretty much ended. I know there are a lot of monster Super Bowl and conference tickets out there, but it was a nice first season for Matt Nagy. There's another guy, Coach of the Year. If you got that, you cleaned up. But every year we see it in this league. It's a worst-to-first, first-to-worst league. Bears and Texans both went from worst-to-first. So I asked Chris Sims, which teams are candidates to go from worst-to-first for this season? I got my eyes on the Buffalo Bills to be a riser. Certainly do. They, you know, offensive weapons. They got an offensive line. I think the world of Josh Allen, and that was already one of the best defenses in football. 
But my real pick, especially in the AFC, would just be the riser. If you had extra change lying around and you wanted to hit the jackpot as far as a team that I think could get to the Super Bowl even and maybe even win it, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That would be the team I'd go watch out for. That is without question one of the best defenses in football, probably the most talented defense in football as far as just pure talent on the roster and the players. Then the offensive side of the ball, receivers, they're not household names, but they're better maybe than the public realizes. Uh, John DeFilippo is down there as offensive coordinator. He was with Nick Foles. they got a quarterback now that can throw the ball and take advantage of the looks they get in the pass game. Leonard Fournette should be healthy. That O-line when healthy is one of the better ones in football. I look at Jacksonville as being one of those teams that was 5-11 and last year, and I could see them being 10-6 and and 11-5 and this year and, and replicating some of the stuff we saw in the 2017 season. All right, Bills and Jags, I got it down. And, uh, 49ers, I'll throw in the NFC. Yeah. That would be my team in the NFC, just so you got that one. No, I'm ready to talk football any time of the year. So Chris Sims gave us the Bills, Jaguars, 49ers. Obviously, a couple of teams there that were in third place. Jaguars were in last place, but you get the idea. Some bounce-back candidates is what we were discussing. Let's look down those odds quickly. Now, in the order that he gave them, I know Bill's probably more of a long shot there. To win the Super Bowl, the Bills are 100-1. to Conference, 50-1. to AFC East, some good odds for a division at 8-1. to However, they did open 12-1. to There's been some money coming in on Buffalo. He mentioned Jaguars and potential Super Bowl. I don't think he's that crazy, especially in this zigzag sort of a league here. What you're going to hear a lot coming into the season, comparing the Bears to the Jaguars, are the Bears going to fall off like the Jaguars did? They had that dominant defense. Bears had that dominant defense. What's going to happen in year number two? I'll buy what he's selling. I think the Jaguars can certainly bounce back. And their Super Bowl odds sitting at 80-1. to 80-1, to guys. And conference forty to one—that's pretty nice in the AFC division. Not as strong, nine to two, because it's yeah, it's still a bit of a toss-up there with Indianapolis, Houston, then Tennessee probably coming up in the rear. And then the Forty ers are back, another team that could bounce back. They were the hot team a season ago. They are forty to one to win the Super Bowl. I'm sure they're getting a lot of dough. 20 to 1 to win the conference and about 4 to 1 to win the division. They are the third favorite in the NFC West. And if you missed that Chris Sims interview, if you're an NFL fan at all, I suggest you check it out. It's from the third hour of my show last night, and the podcast is up 670thescore.com. I tweeted out the link as well, so you can find it on my timeline at Joe0670 on Twitter. Now we get to Illinois sports betting. What's going on? What's the latest? The question I get on a daily basis, Joe, why hasn't Governor Pritzker signed this bill? Well, tomorrow will make it three weeks since Senate Bill 690 passed through the Senate with flying colors. And we're still sitting here. But don't freak out. He's going to sign the bill. It's been 20 days, and he has 60 days to sign the bill. It's definitely going to happen That is really not a concern. Now, what it sounds like is the Illinois Gaming Board isn't quite ready to move forward. Now, sure, mentally, we all want him to sign the bill, so then it feels like there's some sort of progress going on. But if the Gaming Board's not ready, really, what is the point in rushing that? And everything else attached to this bill, if you're concerned at all, he's signing the bill. 
Think about all the money that it's going to bring in this vertical capital plan. It isn't just about sports betting. I checked in with a terrific guest on the subject. His name is Chris Grove from LegalSportsReport.com. He's originally from Chicago, so he understands how slow gaming works in this state, how the politics can work a little bit in this state. Lately, the focus has turned to Wrigley Field and what's going to happen there. David Purdom had a report that the Cubs want to be involved, and that's really common sense. We all know that the Cubs want to be involved. Just think about what they've been doing over the past few years, including becoming investors in the Action Network, and they've talked about adding a separate broadcast geared for sports bettors. So I talked to Grove about what a sports book inside Wrigley or around the friendly confines would look like. I think for the most part, it it would end up looking like a sports bar. It would end up looking like an entity where entertainment is what's forward-facing and betting is an ancillary part of that. Now, the other opportunity, obviously, is to have a space that's absolutely nothing but sports betting, right? That's just kiosk or is just a window. I suspect just with the general trend of, of how stadiums and arenas are going, focus more around entertainment and creating a district around the actual stadium or the actual property, that you'll see teams probably lean more toward the uh, former approach than the latter. So the story with ESPN over the weekend, David Purdom did a nice job with it. Obviously, Wrigley is what sells here, even though we're talking about every local team. And Jerry Reinsdorf has made it clear that he would like to have sports betting in his stadiums, United Center and Guaranteed Rate Field here. What would you do? Would you put it inside Wrigley? There isn't a ton of space, but I don't know where it is on their priority list. You can make space if you really want to. Would you put it inside of Wrigley and make it accessible 365, or would you use that five-block radius and then anybody can get there any day? If I am the Cubs, I'm just looking to do whatever will get me paid the most possible by the third party that's going to come in and and operate this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because the reality is I'm, I'm not interested in being a true sports betting operator. The asset that I have is the ability for this thing to exist. So I'm going to survey the landscape, and I'm going to see where I can generate the most competitive bidding process whether that's in stadium or in the surrounding area in the neighborhood, and whichever one is getting more attention from my potential partners, that's the way I'm going. Because that, that's the opportunity here, right? You can talk about engagement. I don't think that that's wrong, but I think that benefit happens whether or not you have the sports book uh, on site or in close proximity. So really what this comes down to is the Cubs have, and any sports team that has a qualifying stadium has a unique opportunity that at least in some worlds, a third party is going to be willing to pay uh, in order to access that privilege. So I'm putting it wherever and in whatever configuration is going to generate the greatest return for me on that front. Do you think all five professional teams would be in? I think all five have to seriously consider it. Again, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the past, is this an economically viable opportunity on face? Probably not. Certainly not for all, right? Is Illinois' position as one of the early moving states and and obviously a hub for sports in the U.S. such that these teams may be able to leverage this opportunity to get some money out of of a partner who wants to access this capability? Probably. 
so given that dynamic, I'm, I'm definitely exploring this if I have the opportunity. I don't know that it will end up working out for, for all uh, and definitely long run. It's, it's tough to see it being economically viable for all. All of that makes perfect sense. I want to thank Chris Grove, Legal Sports Report, Chris Sims, NBC Sports, and Cody Westerlin right here at 670 The Score for contributing to the show this week. Switched it up a little bit, a little bouncing around on early odds. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Follow me on Twitter, at Joe0670. Give me some feedback on the show there. And I always make sure to tweet out the podcast from that account. So if you ever miss an episode Saturday mornings at 8.30, you know where to find it and you can listen at your convenience. Coming up next right here on Sports Radio 670, The Score, back to baseball inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. I'll talk to you later in the week on the evening show. I'm Joe Ostrowski, and best of luck, everyone. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.